Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Change the Subject. I am your host, BJ. You can follow me on all social media at DareGoBJ and also follow the show, which is at The Subject Change on Instagram. Today is a very, very, very interesting and introspective topic that we have for today. But first, I need to introduce my guest that's going to help me to expound on said topic. This is a person that we all know and love that has been really instrumental in implementing the changes that are necessary for women empowerment, talking about patriarchies, hierarchies, talking about just in general fuck shit that everybody do and trying to affect change. I got my baby TK in here with me today. What's going on? Hey, hi big brother. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> right, right. Shit, I'm so glad to have you today. I'm listen, I'm glad to be here Man. in the building. I'm glad I'm I'm with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> So what's been going on in your world? Shit, a whole lot of fuck shit going on. <laughs> but, you know, we in a building. I just graduated That's um, what's up. in December. And as of January, I just moved into a one-bedroom apartment. Okay. Um, I'm sure everybody has my address. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I am living life as an adult. And it's really, I've been through like this week was pretty hard because it was like my first transition. Okay. And the weather, I know you know the weather was trash. Yeah, so trash. It's just like, okay, I'm adulting. I got to learn how to handle all of this on my own. So I'm just in a space of change, but I'm also in a space of planning my future and how I want things to plan out uh, moving forward. So okay. that's where I've been. Right. That's what so- I've been doing. When you think about all of those things, how does that how does that all at once affect your mental health though? It a lot. A yeah. lot. And um before I moved out with my best friend, I was on like a good regimen where I was eating better, I was doing good with taking my mental health medicine, was basically like antidepressants and taking my medicine for diabetes or whatever. And then as soon as I moved into the one bedroom, everything I've been eating fast food every single day. Yeah. Like I've been messing up, my mental health has been trashed. I don't haven't had anybody to really reach out to. I did go to therapy, but it wasn't a lot of help. So it's been really hard having to keep afloat. But um I, I decided this weekend like I'm gonna take back everything right, and right, get right, right back on track and i just let myself take a little l and i'm gonna get back on everything yeah right. that's basically how it is for me too because i think that because everything is so fast paced mm-hmm. i think that i just re- i guess i respond to just the needs only but yeah. not the responsibilities that come with those needs yep. so Surviving. it's easy to just survive instead of thinking oh well let me go home and prep you know to yep. cook and doing all of that shit so you do kind of adjust right back to the former habits so i kind of get that i definitely think when it comes to transition though is you have to look at it as growth and not a responsibility because when i think about moving i'm like damn i really don't feel like packing all of this shit to move to another space but then you look at it like your problems too like you bring in all of this baggage yes that lady uh, yeah <laughs> so it's the, it was hard that. and then i was also learning how much like my best friend was teaching me like i hold on to so much and i know that's learned behavior like my grandmother yeah. is a hoarder and even though she's a i call her a hoarder with a little sprinkle of of nice on it because if she was if we let her get bad it would mm-hmm. be bad so i'm learning that i need to just let things go and stop holding on to a lot so this week has been really like 
physically and like in reality wise it's been tough and also in the spiritual and emotional side like i'm learning from both sides i need to just let things go yeah yeah i think that's kind of um like what we're talking about in a sense because i've been going through like early health transitions Mm -hmm. in uh, 2019 and um what i'm noticing about myself is when i get depressed or when i get to a point where I'm just like overly stressed out. Mm-hmm. I can sleep a whole yes. day away. Like Same. I can really sleep a whole day. And um, the funny thing was a couple of people, when I was telling them about like what I had been doing for the week, you know, they asked you like, what you do this week? I'm like nothing but sleep and work. Mm-hmm. And um, I found myself making the comment of, you know, I almost slept Wednesday completely away, which I technically did. I, I think I got off at like 4.30 mm-hmm. and I didn't wake up until around 3.45 in the morning. And I only got up just to go to the bathroom and go right back to bed. So I didn't even wake up for real until it was time to go to work again. And I, feel that. I never really owned that I had been stressing that whole, you know, time. And so the young lady that I'm speaking to is just the older lady at work. She was telling me like... um. At your age, at your size, and all of these different things, mm. these things play a significant part. But she said it kind of like snarky. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know? And, of course, you know, it puts us into our bag. Like, who the fuck is you talking to? <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Pump your brakes. Let's be clear. <laughs> but, like, um, the funny thing was I had to, like, extract the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, from that conversation. And literally hours later, I ended up seeing something on some sort, some form of social media where they were saying that, like, uh, body positivity is now being, how did they word it? They were saying that body positivity is desensitizing um, obesity awareness. Mm, that's I, I want to talk about that, but yes, yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're going to get into because there's a lot of things that people look at as just health scares or health detriment, but it really doesn't, it doesn't really say unhealthy. You know what I'm saying? Like in some instances, like just for black people, I'm going to just talk about black people. That's all I really know. That's all I really know. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And black people have a way of sensitizing everything when it comes to eating disorders. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, when you in those relationships and you want to win a man over it, yes. immediately is a way to his heart is through his stomach. Yes. So you cooking everything that was unhealthy from his mother, everything Listen. that was unhealthy from his grandmother. Yes. You try neck bones are good, but they ain't, they ain't good for <laughs> you. Okay. Let's be clear. Right. Real <laughs> shit. And then when a woman has an attitude. Yes. You know, first thing you think, well, you want something to eat? Yep. You know what I'm saying? So... In some instances, it can be desensitizing to the overall point, which is being healthy and being aware, but it doesn't necessarily mean we just eating like trash or we're not trying to be productive in our health. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about because you've been very vocal in certain arenas about your journey. Is it still at the beginning stages where you're just trying to get footing Mm -hmm. or is it just being stubborn and saying, well, look, this is what my life is like. This is what I'm going to do today. Um, 
I think this week is this is just what my life is yeah. like. This is what I'm gonna do today. But I think um, first of all, I'm learning how to let go of my expectations of mm-hmm. what I'm thinking that like life changing and being healthy is about because right. I see other people and I see the timeline and everybody's just hopping right into exercise and everybody's just losing weight and committing to it. And I'm understanding that I don't know what those people did to get to where they got where they just completely committed to it because I know that I'm struggling with doing it. I know right. that last year was the first year that I ever been to the gym as much as I did, but it didn't reflect in terms of weight loss. Mm-hmm. But I, I know for a fact I had never been to the gym that much in my life, but I just right, didn't see the right. change. So I'm in a space where when I do get back on my stuff next week, I'm just taking stuff by, day by day. I just know that on this day, I went to the gym, I ate good, and I'm proud of that. And I right, can't speak right. for how the rest of the week is going to go, but I know on this day at this time, I did what I suppose I was supposed to yeah. do. Cause I um I've had like a lot of different um like physical challenges just by the type of job mm-hmm. that I have and even though like doctors would like tell me like you're extremely healthy your blood type is where it needs to be mm-hmm. all of your vitals are fine um they'll like say little things like uh the one doctor once I got my first physical of the year was telling me that. They want you to be under a certain body and yep. neck mass because you're more prone to sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I don't just got the, the CPAP thing. Yeah. Like, I done been through so many of those sleep studies to not have it. And then you say, well, just because you have the signage, you still have to pay all of this different, you know, all of these different fees and things of that yep. nature. So I've been really irritated with the process because it makes you sleep worse yes. than just sleeping, you know. So um, going through those changes and so they like send you these emails for these different diets. And the the crazy thing is I eat like that at home already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, my girl is very health conscious. I've always been the person who um would go to like a starch or go to like a carb and whatever (laughs) for a side. But like she's really keeping me on point with like the protein vegetables. Shout out to Dion. (laughs) She keep me all the way on point. So when they send these regimens, it's Mm -hmm. like I'm already eating this shit. Yeah. So it was really like a jolt to my reality because I'm like, well, damn, I'm already on point. But the body just is not transforming into the the vision of what you would have. And that's the distraction from just being healthy overall, like Mm -hmm. cutting out all of the bullshit fallacy that you think is what it's supposed to look like and just stay on course with your journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting here trying to figure out for myself, like, why am I like enduring so much emotional stress behind just trying to fit into societal standard Mm -hmm. of what healthy is? Because me, I've never been little. Mm-hmm. Like even as a youngin, when I was playing the field, my lack of cardio never affected me fucking another nigga oh, bitch. Period. Period. <laughs> Let's be clear. So okay. you know, I'm like, still shit. be in the DMs. <laughs> but real shit, like it never affected me dating or yeah, you know what I'm saying, nothing. So I'm like, well, damn, like I'm just trying to fit in to these things. But then it, it went even deeper with just realizing how. Your upbringing plays a lot. Yes, please. Let's of, talk. it plays a lot into like how you digest information when it comes to like your health and just a whole lot of stuff. Like um, like how we just stated when we date. Yeah. We always incorporate food mm-hmm. with our dating processes, and in some instances, 
we don't really know how to date because food is naturally a part of so many people's so many people's love language, especially in the black family. In the black I family, mean, and it's like even if even if it's not relationships, it's when we come together in family relationships. There has right. to be a it has food to be gathering. A meal. Right, it's always like that. And as much as you would like to be the walk in the park, yeah, type, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You want to enjoy the atmosphere. We from the D. Like right? I'm trying to get a Coney Institute. <laughs> What is you talking about? I'm you? not about to walk around downtown unless we ain't getting some damn chili right. cheese fries. So it's just like food is incorporated in so much of our livelihoods. Yes. And it's hard to like distract ourselves from those things. So in this practice, the one thing that I want to do is like set a proper schedule. Because like I get up in the morning, mm-hmm. I don't eat breakfast, which Me they neither. tell you you're supposed to. But I was told you don't have to. I, I was told, see, for me, and that's what's working. I'm a person... My mentor was saying, follow what your body does Mm -hmm. instead of listening to what other people say. Right. I'm a person that knows I don't have to have breakfast. Okay. But when I eat lunch, I go a little crazy. So what I was told was eat something in between before you eat breakfast, maybe like a bar or something, and then eat lunch. Right. And I'm learning like, okay, because I know I'm not going to force myself to eat breakfast because I know what it does for me. I know when I'm at work, it, it doesn't. Coffee and water is what gets me going for the first half of the day. Then I eat like a snack maybe in between. And then at lunch, I'll eat like... And now I'm really changing my diet because I started eating. And I don't even eat for like the first half of the day. So from, um, I think, 8, I get to work at 8. By 12 o'clock, I'm not eating. I drink a meal replacement shake. Okay. And that's what I've been doing for the past month or so. And then when I get home, I have a meal. So, and I'm trying to learn my body, learn when I am hungry. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm used to in being in the black family, you eat when it's food in front of you. Yeah. You eat all the time. You eat all day. And black folks will tell you, you can't come over here. If it's food on the stove, you got to eat something. And and why you didn't finish all the food on your plate? Why would you go for a second if you didn't finish that plate? It's ingrained in me to eat all day long so i'm in a process where i'm learning i and I'm, I'm what i'm also learning is as somebody who's overweight whose family is mostly overweight we're not self-aware like nobody's nah. self-aware of why we're doing the things that we do we just literally it's just like this just i mean it's that's just, just what, what it, it is. is right like if i come around my cousins i'm going to your kitchen where the chicken wings at right, right. that's just how we are so this the process of what i was doing with my mentor she suggested to me why don't you just figure out when you are hungry check that i was looking like i never really sat down and realized Takinya, are you hungry or yeah. are you just eating because you're you bored? Eating? Right, right. Is there a trigger that's happening? Are you angry or mm-hmm. upset? I never even thought to do that. Right. And we don't really equate our intake to our emotions, which is a learned behavior for me, too, is yes. because um, I'm very emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it's not on display often, but mm-hmm. when I'm in my private sectors, like, I'm very emotional. And that that is pretty much when you consume all of the wrong things because you're seeking for something to please you. Yeah. You're not looking for proper nourishment. This is supposed to make me feel good. So it's probably high on sugar, high fructose or whatever it is. And you're going to probably overindulge in these things. And like I, like I've always, I've always kind of knew that it was going to get to a point of being problematic is because like with being a Detroiter, we like to get fresh and 
I was going to a couple of stores that I like to shop at, and mm-hmm. it was a time where I was always the in-between size guy. So some shirts I would buy, and they would literally be a 6X. Mm-hmm. That's because it was made small. But then I would go to other stores, and you would be in like a 3X. And you like, well, how is that so much yeah. of a big gap? That's because it's undetermined as to the size or the range of size wow. for so many people who craft garments. Wow. It's all based on perspective. So and like perception. Yeah. That is so crazy. And it's crazy because you would think like, well, I got a bunch of 6X. Yeah. And all of my 6X fit perfectly, but just this one. And that's because of perception. They'll say, well, that's too big. Right. Or it needs to be extended. Yeah. So that's how we have to kind of direct our conversation about health is because it's all based on your perception, but it starts with you emotionally first. Mm-hmm. So um, I look at so many different things that we deal with in like social settings, like uh, the man crush or the woman crush. Yes, please. Let's talk. That That is so detrimental. To men and women. Can we? Yes. It's so detrimental. One, because if you are a person like me, like I used to be the jealous guy, mm-hmm. like, but I kept it in because mm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to show that in my circumstance. What were you jealous of? I was jealous because in the event of being chose by somebody. Okay. The praise was going to somebody you never met or probably will never meet. Okay. And I get nothing. Okay. Now. I'm not jealous of you being attracted to a type of body type or physique or or actual being because that's just natural as people. Right. We just attract who we attract. Mm-hmm. That's not my issue. But it was never a point where the person who chose me as a mate would say, you look nice. Yes. Or like anything, you smell good or nothing. Yeah. So like for a long time, I used to resent the whole idea of the man crush because it almost was like a stab to me. Mm, it was a mm. stab. And so um, the funny thing that happened to me when I got into a more fruitful relationship, I'm sitting on the couch with Dion. Shout out to Dion. <laughs> you know, me and her kick it. We don't have no, no privacy, no type of bullshit. Mm-hmm. We all the way open with each other. So one night she was just going through my pictures. But she's scrolling, scrolling. Oh, God. Like, it's a gang of shit in there. <laughs> Right? And um, we sitting on the couch. And finally, after, like, maybe a half an hour go by, she asked me, she like, were you, like, an ass man? And, huh. like, at any point. And I'm like, well, no. Nah, because I done had some issues with the girls with the big butts. And that kind of changed my taste level yeah. by the time I get to her. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no. Nah. Not realizing that. She done seen something in the phone. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, not really. <laughs> so she like, uh, well, you sure got a lot of them in your phone. Yikes. Now, the thing that <laughs> I didn't realize that as a single man, my Apple ID is pretty much migrating from phone to phone. Oh. I had never deleted any of my bullshit out the phone mm-hmm. from when I was single and ready to mingle. Yeah. So all you see is. These body types of women that I were obviously admiring right, right. in my younger day. All of them curvy. All of them slim waist. You know, which nice, is what society tells you. Which is the standard. Like, mm-hmm. But then I had experiences with a young lady with that same body type. And she wasn't clean. Mm. Couldn't clean it. 
butt was too big to clean it. Like, that's just what it is. You know, <laughs> you got this wide range of ass, mm-hmm. but your arm length didn't increase. Bye. That's <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why he trying to say this to me with a straight face? <laughs> it's real shit. Like, it, and I've had so many experiences. Okay, <laughs> to where now as an adult, it's just a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It's not really who. It's not really who I love the most. Like right, right, to right. have those experiences with my type, and they be unsatisfactory. It's so funny. You know what I'm saying? And then you grow up and you realize, man, that shit is just a fantasy. So a lot of us and our weight goes. You know, quit looking at the little slim waist because you don't even know if she paid for that. Yeah. You know. But that niggas still like to pay asses and to pay bodies, though. I don't know. They like it. I, I mean, at one time, I could understand it. You know, the fantasy of it all was cool. But having something real, something with a story to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think the love is different. Yeah. When a person has went has gone through Body changes. They okay. know how to show a little bit more compassion for those people who have those issues. Hmm. You can't get that from a person who has paid their way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're you can't from. like. You can't get a person to understand what it feels like to struggle with up and down weight mm-hmm. if you're paying your way yeah. through the struggle. Right. You know, right. so it's different. And those women who always te- always seem to get it like confused as to the process to get to the healthier points. It's like the girl that can easily drop the baby weight. Yeah. It's a different conversation. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a way different conversation. You can't expect that woman who struggles to take on your, you know, lifestyle or the way that you go about it. So it's, it's confusing, but like the woman crush it's disheartening to a lot of women. It is, who, especially I can say personally, it was dis- it was disheartening for a moment. Um, just because I feel like I've well, I've been people's woman crush Wednesdays, but I always know that it's always been in terms of that's my sister. She out here doing what she got to do. That's my woman crush because you know TK. She stayed with doing with like just oh, and it's wow. all it's never been in the way that I know why woman crush Wednesday started. Right, right. And it's always been like um. It's just always been something that I kind of, like you, I was kind of resenting at first because I'm just like, first of all, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I am. And Add it's not it reflecting <laughs> in y'all fucking hashtags. What is the problem, Stevie? Right. So that's what happened at first. But I think as I grew, especially when I got to college and I learned so much about how Society is literally ingrained to think that one type of person is supposed to be a type of way. I stopped taking things personal and I mm-hmm. had to learn. Like, I learned a lot of self-love tactics, which made me even a better bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it made me even better because I was able to realize that my lack of representation in the media or lack of validation is because of me looking on the outside. Right, and I also right. know that the outside is not for me. Right, I right. know that everything on the outside is saying 
the opposite of how I feel about myself. Everything on the opposite of saying you ugly, you not this, you're precious, all of that. And I right, have to just right. be like, you know what? Fuck the outside. If I'm not your woman crush Wednesday, I'll be my own Roman crush Wednesday. Right. But I, I can't sit here and act like as a human because I think that we all, like, especially black women, we have to be like, oh no, I'm strong. I don't care what these niggas have to say. No, I had, a, yeah. I was, I was yeah. feeling the way because away. I would see big niggas. On MCM, and they was getting, oh, this my dad, this my nigga, this my baby daddy, he fine as fuck. But then the same love wouldn't be shown for the big girl. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that and and that's the stigma in itself because it's always like the big guy is the teddy bear. Yes, but the big girl is just precious, respucia, yeah, right. <laughs> everything under the sun. So it's a, it's almost like an incentive that they can still be loved, even though even though they're big, and, right. and it's, it's something that I, we were taught though as a young. T- Girls, I feel like you're supposed to love that man through everything and anything and get him through anything. But then the same love for us wasn't there. And mm-hmm. it was there for the girls that are attractive because we have to acknowledge that pretty privilege and attractive privilege is a thing. Yeah. But if you're big, dark skin, fat, black, you are that it just don't exist. And it was, wow. it's really hard um, living in that space because you I think that our uh, struggle as be- becoming women in the black community and that's just in the black community being be, becoming confident in society period right it's right. a whole nother struggle but i like my family they did a good job i feel like at like letting me know like i'm that bitch because i am right. but <laughs> I'm just right. but like they it, it's it's really a struggle to see that you you're not represented and another a recent um kind of invalidation that i felt and i, I hadn't spoken on but i'm glad we doing this podcast was to see monique be humanized and and sought after after, after she, she lost, lost the weight. She started to become relevant. People started to acknowledge her life outside of being this funny mm-hmm. fat girl. She was more than that. She's, oh, she's an esteemed this person. She does this. She has this under her belt. And that's not to say they weren't doing that then. But I do realize that after she changed her life and they started seeing like, oh, Monique is living. She out here doing her best, living her life. She wasn't doing that when she was the same comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the same work. Because yeah. Monique don't even acknowledge the fact that she has an Oscar. None of that shit matters to her. But I feel like now that she's healthier and smaller, they give her more life. They give mm-hmm. her more validation than they would have when she was fat, dark skin, and black. Yeah. She just would have been a fat black sis. And I even seen her when she was uh, talking to Ricky Smiley, and she mm-hmm. was saying that how, you know, even though figuratively in her mind, which I believe is like the black aesthetic. Yes. Of it, in her mind, she didn't feel like she was skinny. She still don't feel like... Yeah, she still thinks she's yeah. fat. So she was saying to herself, she was like, well, if y'all saying that I'm skinny now, how big was I? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that, that kind of puts you back in that same headspace mm-hmm. because you still can't even celebrate once mm-hmm. you finally get over because it's still like other issues, you other, is- other issues, it's other traumatic issues that you have to deal with. Yeah. So like, why do you think like even to kind of like touch on the the ce- the celebration of your elected crush of some sense? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think that the person that you crush on is so different from the person you actually attract? Oh, I think I, I oh I love that question. I think that the person that I crush on is 
so different than these niggas <laughs> is because I have this ideology based on what society said I should like. Oh, like okay. there's this the, this perfect picture of a man that we have to choose from. I feel like in the white world and then there's in the black community, there's this picture that we have to choose from. The man has to have money. And in my world from Detroit, Michigan, he got to be some type of thug. Like mm-hmm. I got to know that when we step into the room, you got the Thule and I'm good. Right, right. I got to know you got. And for me, it was. My picture was always seeing a dark-skinned girl with a light-skinned man. So I'm attracted to light-skinned, tall guys. I've always seen in my life that the dark-skinned girl had a light-skinned man. I've always seen that the the big girls usually have a tall, bigger-built man. And this is, in my brain, what I think that my my thing should be. It wasn't until, like, recently um, I started thinking that dark-skinned men were everything. Because before, I literally, like, to be honest, my thing was... I only want light-skinned kids. I want a light-skinned man. I'm not mm-hmm. doing I don't do the darkies, all that other stuff. And I, I talked about it on my YouTube channel. I used to be anti-black. I really did mm-hmm. have struggle with blackness because it was ingrained to me in the black community that there's this type of man that you, you should be with based on representation. Mm-hmm. So I think that because of that, now I think that I attract differently than what I am attracted to because of energy and that may be just something that i'm trying yeah, to figure out that's a whole different spectrum i think i attract certain energies and it's not that i intentionally do it but when i put out into the universe that i want somebody and it comes to me it reflects like where i am right now and mm-hmm. i know that that's not what i want and so most of the times like just today recently i'm always like in a situation where I don't want to be in it, but I'm thinking, like, who else is going to want to be with me? And then I'm like, I snap back to my senses, like, I don't really want you yeah. for real. Yeah. I think when I when I look back at, like, the people who I kind of, like, crushed on, I think when I initially started, it was to set a barometer yeah. of some sense. Like, um, I was going to, I was going to date. Until I finally hit my peak. So I was going to do whatever I wanted with these people that I ain't all the way feeling all the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this until this one show up. But also dating for you guys is different. Whoever you attract makes you the type of dude that you are. Like, Oh, that is very The women true. for you are more so like a commodity. Whereas the, the men for us are more so like, how are you adding to that man's life? Right. I feel like y'all's status changes based on the woman you get. And our status changes on based on the type of woman that I oh, am absolutely. to that man. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that was probably the first lesson in dealing with your type because a lot of times like your type is all the way out your league. Yes. Um and that's emotionally, that's financially, that's that's physically in some cases because you aspire to look good with other good-looking people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes aspiring to look good with other good-looking people doesn't necessarily reflect in you because you're still dealing with those issues. Mm-hmm. So even if you do look decent, you still don't feel it. Yes. So it doesn't translate and the pictures and the posts and all of those different things. So we really do have to spiritually diet the same way. Like stay on our course, work on ourselves day by day, keep some of these things private. Mm. But when you do need those, those encouragements and those supports, definitely find your circle to keep you in line because you can easily get caught up in a lot of this, this standard and it'll totally deviate you from where you trying to go. And, once I got off of the the woman crush shit, I was good. Yeah. Like, I was good. Like, I, I began to realize more of how I can be better as a man 
for just being a man, not even necessarily doing things for self, but just doing things for the standard of what man is supposed to represent. Mm. You got to kind of like be honest with yourself in that regard, too, because a lot of what you do for self is due to vain and conceit. That's a word. You know what I'm saying? BJ like, always got the word. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you're thinking about just for the, like, the manhood in general, mm-hmm. like, how do you want to represent yourself? You got to kind of take yourself out of that, too. Mm. But, um... I just think it's sad that so many people who are on their weight loss journey are doing it still for other people. Yes. And I, I have to be honest. A lot of when I was in high school, a lot of my wanting to weight, lose weight was because I wanted a, a guy and I wanted mm-hmm. to date. Because I don't know if a lot of people know, but I've never been in a relationship and I'm 24. But it, it really has been a like journey for me because oftentimes... I, when I first started my weight loss journey, it was because, oh, I, I, maybe if I lose weight, somebody will like me. Maybe if I lose weight, I'll attract the person I want to, I'll get because I'm not good enough. And that's what society tells me. Whereas now it's just like the doctor said, I have diabetes and it's yeah. reversible. I don't give a damn about these niggas. <laughs> they going to be here. I don't give a fuck. I just don't want my damn H1C1, whatever yeah. fuck, to be over oh, seven. Like, yeah. I don't care. So I think, and, and it has knowing that the motivation has been for me has changed my like my um my motivation i've definitely been more about my shit because of it's it stopped being an outward validation and when it stopped being that that's when i got serious because it's and it's not easy even in saying this not everybody has access to that type of knowledge to know that you don't have to lose weight to have a man you don't have oh, yeah. to lose weight nobody has that and that's why i'm glad that i can stand here and say that even in my losing weight and even in me being big i'm not gonna waver my expectations of a man because of that absolutely i mean after you go through so much with dealing with people for just being people you can't even get past the people part to even think about dating a motherfucker and i'm the type of person and i've always been this way i've never had to go through hard shit to learn i've always been the person had to to watch other people other people like Mm -hmm. i was potty trained that way like i saw my cousin getting her ass beat and my grandma said i asked my grandma why was she getting a whooping she said because she peed in the bed never peed in the bed again (laughs) my whole life so i'm the kind of person that sees things and be like okay that ain't for me and i right and the big aha moment for me was with my cousin Got pregnant by a guy and he was fine. Everything like I just explained, light skin, tall. I didn't know. I didn't know anything outside of that, but I know the looks part. I was right. like, "How she that big and put a man like that?" Mm-hmm. This man had five kids. Got her pregnant. He was no. She was number six. This man had all of these issues. He didn't have a car. He rode a bike, and that for me was like uh-huh. to Kenya, <laughs> to Kenya. You gonna get played whether you're big, fat, small, whatever. So why not? Like, stop worrying about stop these worrying niggas about and worry about you. And right. know that when you work on you, you will attract the best part of that person, person. Because you're the best part of you. Yeah. Like, you know, the funny thing was, um, and I think about, like, how we we make people seasonal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, oh, when they get cold, or get you a big motherfucker. Yes. And all that bullshit. They nah. dehumanize you like, like you every way possible. So, like, in meeting a lot of people... Um, the circumstances would always be set up for me to show my insecurity. Like uh, when you go to certain restaurants, you meet certain people in a different tax bracket, but mm-hmm. you wanna you wanna hang with the elite. Yes. You wanna be in the you know the who's who, whatever. You do all of these different things to meet people. You spend ridiculous amounts of money, and then 
you find out in the end that it's your physical that made a difference. Now yes. you've treated them like a gentleman. You paid the bill. They could have ate and drank anything on the menu. All of that was cool. Mm-hmm. But it's your physical that made a difference to how you were perceived. And so like in one instance, I remember even with me, Dion, when um I met Dion initially a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. like years, almost seven, maybe eight years now. Um, and we typically grew up in the same environments, every hood that we done been in to go visit family. Like I literally got a cousin, an uncle, auntie, five minutes from where we at. Yes. Same. And we never crossed paths. So like we actually met walking. Like, cool. you know, we, the first time we went on a little ride, I let her ride with me for a couple hours just listening to music and we were talking. But then like when we would actually get to know each other, mm-hmm. we would go down to Dequinder Cut. And um, up and down Dequinder Cut, on average, is about three miles. Mm-hmm. So we would do like two laps up and down, and then we That's would. So cute. Yeah, we would have like a full on conversation. Yeah. You know, while walking, and so um, I remember on the dates feeling away because when I would take her to certain spots, like I would take her to an expensive restaurant, this is the egotistical BJ mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I'm about to take her to this one little spot over here. We're going to fuck her up one time and yeah, yeah. she's going to like it. It's going to be the shit. <laughs> but she like picking over the food. Come on, Dion, with the standards. <laughs> <laughs> so like she picking over the food. Yes, so I'm ma'am. like, well, damn. I stand the queen. I can't. <laughs> I don't understand this shit. Like, why is she not eating this food or whatever? And um, so, like, another date. I'm like, all right, like, two or three dates in, she should be comfortable. Yeah. She going to eat in front of me one day. You know, shit like that. And um, every day after that, it was just like, she would eat a little bit and then take the whole meal home. Really? Yeah. So, I'm talking to her one day. And I'm like, we going to go out again. Mm-hmm. Now we on, like, we done got comfortable with each other. So now I can comfortably take you to Red Lobster or Chili's when I ain't got no bread. Yes. So I'm like, look, <laughs> we going to hit a little low ball spot. Mm-hmm. Same shit. So I just asked her. I'm like, why you not eating your food? Now, the reason she gave me, I'm not going to display. Okay. But it's a part of her journey. Right, right. And honestly, when when you hear a person tell you that, I have to stick to this. Yes. Like, I can't deviate from this. As much as you want to impress me, it makes no difference because it's what I, my health standards yeah. come before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. And I'm just standing here like, God damn. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because you can easily get into a social pattern where uh, everybody wow. doing... Everybody drinking and smoking. Wow. All right, fuck it. Everybody eating, you know, chili, cheese, ketchup, mustard. Okay, fuck that it. goes on the chili, cheese, fries. <laughs> that is how I eat them, okay? And ranch. Don't right. Them, right? <laughs> so, like, in social settings, you can manipulate yourself to say, okay, this one time. Yeah. And then that one time becomes another time. Wow. So, like, to have a person who set such a a bold standard. Yes. To not even be impressed by where you're taking her. Because Come on, like, Dion. You know, that shit woke me up. I'm like, damn. So, like, I know, like, even with, you know, us living together, like, it's a certain portion. I got to, you know, prepare for her. She'll tell you, hey, look, that's too much. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I I criticize her for it, of course, because I still be like Detroit BJ, like, fuck out of here. If I pay $18, I'm getting all this shit. But it's just 
that dedication is mm. what's shifting a lot of the things that I'm doing right now. And I want to talk. I want to talk to the people about it. Is because you don't really know how much your influence, your negative influence, mm-hmm. is impacting the big person to stay big yes. when they need to lose the weight. Yes. And that's the argument that I think people are trying to have with saying that body positivity has a certain effects on the health awareness normalizing being over yeah i now i want to say something because i did it i did a youtube video about this as well and i was talking about because somebody asked me um how come i don't use the body positive hashtag how come i'm not actively in that um world it's like Mm -hmm. a world a whole world of big women who just show their stomachs and all that other stuff and i said in the video that i am i'm for anybody being healthy but at the same time being overweight i can't act like i don't have health issues right so to me it's hard to just be like hashtag body positive but what i did learn is but being body positive it's more so about Mm self-love meaning i have to love myself where i'm a whole however 500 pounds that's not how much i weigh but going out there if i'm 500 pounds i'm gonna like myself versus when i'm small so i can't worry about how society is saying that i'm trash and i'm this and i should be that because of how i eat or how people perceive me to be and one of the biggest things that got me was people are so hard on saying how being body positive is normalizing being obese but nobody discusses how you know normalizing alcohol and drug culture also normalizes bad behavior mm-hmm. and depression. Yeah, yeah. Because what we use for food to cope with our emotions, people use alcohol and this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. But ain't nobody on the nigga's head who got Henny bottles in their pictures and shit. No, no. But if it's a fat person because it's tangible and you're able to see their emotions on display and the things that they're dealing with, yeah. it's easy to say y'all shouldn't use body positivity because all it is doing is saying that you should be fat even more right, but right. are we gonna say that to the people who out here talking about let's turn up and drink henny mm-hmm. on the weekend yeah. every weekend yeah i mean and it it does it does a disservice to the women who have to endure those type of things yes. because i meet so many women throughout life mm-hmm. who are just naturally beautiful they're mm-hmm. like just naturally all around whether that's just a beautiful spirit um, physically beautiful. But the problem is, is that you keep telling them everything bad about their habits and not about the actual person. Like if you were saying, okay, well, you shouldn't drink so much because you feel like it's a risk of some type of health scare or whatever the case is, then I can understand. But if it's like, girl, why are you eating that? The same reason why right. you eat the shit that you eat. Come on. You know the same reason saying? why you smoking the shit that you smoking. Yeah. Same reason why you talking to that nigga that you ain't supposed to. <laughs> the fuck? Right. I just so, eat mine. Right. That's And that's the thing that is so damaging to the women is because they have to be self-conscious over shit that everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's fucked up. Like... But y'all don't have to go through that, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. Like, do y'all... I always want to know, like, do men do... Like, y'all like, hey, man, you better chill out on the hamburger. Like, do y'all talk to each other like that? Some niggas do. Some niggas do. But it's always like, you know, a joke session. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I'm seriously concerned. Yeah. Like, um, because you you deal with the men who have the different micro and macro count and or their metabolism is a certain type of way, your little homeboy who's 140 pounds can go to a white castle or and throw down and a throw down a 30 crave case and nobody says anything and it's like damn that nigga can eat 
But then if your big friend, if yes. your big friend eat ten, it's like he ate thirty. Yeah, and you should chill. And you should chill. But so, he can eat fifty. Yeah. Okay. So it's <laughs> it's so many things that play a part in it. But I don't think men see the thing about men is uh everything that deals with men and feelings and support has to be romanticized. Mm, yes. And, because it's you know what's crazy? It's romanticized because it's a lacking in it. Black men right. are socialized to not have them. So when it's like the and I people get mad at me because as a feminist, I'm like, y'all black men are given the bare minimum. Like <laughs> a black man could drop us here and y'all like <laughs> That's a real man. <laughs> we like this. We have stop. We have to stop rallying over the little stuff. There's so much more, but like right. that is so true. Yeah, and it's like you can't, you can't be like my nigga. You losing a little weight. You know what I'm saying? Because is that weird to say to y'all? To some guys, it's oh like my, my nigga. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, because you almost like you almost are focusing on those target areas that you know that you would like. To lose the weight in. Like yeah. for most men who, like for me being a truck driver, the reason why I think my weight has always been inconsistent is because I only gain it in one area mm-hmm. and this is the midsection. Mm-hmm. So, like, usually when I start to lose weight, I'm instantly thinking, okay, it gotta be the mid. Yeah. That's the only place I'm gaining it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. But usually it'd be like the arms are getting a little bit more cut or the mm. legs are getting a little bit more slender. So then you notice like, okay, well, I don't feel like I'm losing it because everything still fits the same. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up buying some new shirts in the summertime and the shirt fit, but the arms were just so tight. Mm. So in my mind, I'm like, I ain't lost enough weight like I thought I did. And so one day it took Dion to say like, your arms are like so solid. I never equated it to oh, wow. building muscle. I thought I was gaining again. Wow. And she like, your arms are like extremely solid. And she's like, make a muscle. And I never done that for. <laughs> Shout out to black women. <laughs> like for decades. <laughs> I, I just equated it by the arms being tight. I need to lose some more weight. Mm-hmm. And she like, no, my nigga, like, that's muscle. Like, you don't have no meat. She like pinching and showing me all of that. So I'm like, damn, it's really mental. It's yeah. really a lot of different it things is. that play a part in it. But I want big people to be a little bit more confident in finding their powers. Yeah. and But I want people around big people to also not. Um, minimize their life to their weight. Not right, always. Right, when your right. compliment comes, please don't let it just be. Oh, I see you getting small out here. What about when I'm big and like, you? Your makeup looks yeah, really nice right. because a lot of what I get, especially with guys like what, now that I have been losing weight, because I've saw my pictures and the difference, and I was like, oh, I did. Mm-hmm. I get compliments like, oh, I see you slimming down, but I can beat my face to the gods. Compliment me on that mm-hmm. because when I start to see the compliments coming because I lost weight, it makes me feel like my um, validity and my humanness is in how my body is shaped. Right, right. And I don't like how that feels as a person because it also it gets me like this, like I'm in this rat race to be heard or to right, be seen. Right, So it's so many like um, that's a, actually a layered question. So when you think about what you just said, what are ways that big people should not settle like even not so much settle because we never really talked about big people kind of like choosing other big people Mm -hmm. to like deflect from their own issues Mm -hmm. but just in the sense of not just settling for the shallow compliments 
the, you know, sometimes the backhanded yes. compliments. Like, how do you not settle for those things to be well aware of your own progress and worth simultaneously? I'm, that's a good one because I'm still figuring that out by myself. But I'm, I'm, first of all, you have to become aware because I wasn't aware of how um, minimal it is to say stuff like that to me till right, recently. Right, right, I wasn't aware. I would take those compliments like, oh, yeah, I am getting smaller. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that people are literally minimizing you to how you look as a woman. Yeah. So I think the first step would be awareness and realizing that it's more to you than just weight. Mm-hmm. And I know that being overweight, it doesn't feel that way. And it's definitely not perceived that way. And it's definitely not like approach that way because being overweight oftentimes you do feel like you're you're not seen in the room you're not as wanted in the room you're not as important in the room so I think becoming self-aware is first now after that I don't know because now (laughs) I'm now that I'm self-aware I'm like okay now that these compliments are coming I'm in a space where I don't want to check anybody and be like, so you're just going to compliment me because I'm overweight? Because I've been accepting like the you losing weight comments for so long. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, so now I'm in a space of asserting my power in terms of now that I'm self, because I, I asserted my power with being a Darcy girl a long time ago when people would give me backhanded comments. Yo, I'm cute either way, not for a Darcy girl. Yeah. I'm, like, that's yeah. what I did. But now this new space of becoming self aware, I'm still trying to like navigate, okay. People are acknowledging you based on weight. And honestly, the podcast and having the YouTube, and even when I was in high school, I did poetry. I hosted a lot of the talent shows in my high school. I found other ways to be validated, which was through me speaking. I learned that people, I was seen not just because I was losing weight, but because I can speak very well and right, I can right, I can right. command the audience. And that was my thing. So I never worried about the weight. But now that I'm getting older, I'm like, I don't want to just be known for Tekenya talks and other stuff like that. And I also don't want to be known because Tekenya lost weight. And that's a big reason why I don't bring weight loss on my platform as much as people think I should because they feel like it's a gold mine and if people saw my journey they would love to be along but that's not how I want to be validated as a person right, I right. want to be validated as when I speak I'm speaking real I'm honest about everything that I say everything I do comes from the heart I don't do no shit for play play <laughs> that's how I want to be seen so to bring that onto my platform is always like I'm still in this space of becoming aware but yeah Cause I do think that as a big person, you should make people love you and respect you before you allow them in. Yeah, you know that's true. Um, and it it becomes a little bit challenging for well, I'll say for men. I think it becomes a little bit challenging for men is because like men don't realize how much they've been body shamed too. Like, yeah, that's and they, y'all don't like talk about it. You either. don't talk about it, you know, because it's like. The the big guy is automatically deemed to have the little dick or, yeah. you know, can't like see it, can't see it. That's all teddy these bear. Right. Never a human. Never a human. And we don't like and we don't look at how that can be very unsettling for, you know, a person's progress, because now you you've highlighted something. That I never even looked at as a problem. Yes. You know what I'm and saying? And then there's also always this. It's like you guys have like a, a box to. If you're a big guy, you big. You got to be like. You got to protect me. But you also got to be soft. And you also got to be this. And I think that's unfair to a lot of big mm-hmm. guys. Because not everybody has. Is is not saying that they shouldn't. But I just feel like the way in which they paint big guys is not fair. Yeah. And it's always going to be that. Because I think big guys have kind of settled into that mind state because it gets them at least something, you know, because they're not really used to conducive love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Things that improve or impact your well-being. And it is, 
I mean, it's so many different layers to that. But for men personally, I think that we should be just as aware because we're being marginalized too. You also don't see any men in the body positive movement. No, no. That y'all are nowhere to be found. And it's crazy because I feel like it's not it's not just for women, but women are it's it's normal for women to vocal vocalize the things that we're going through. It's mm-hmm. normal for us to do that. And I while I feel like it's a thing, I feel like if men were a part of it, we would make a better change and it would be a bigger voice because right. usually it's like even in society it's like oh she just nagging, she just talking. So obviously the po- body positive movement is more lucrative for bigger women who want to support each other versus if a man was in it, people will be looking like oh, this is like this yeah. must be a real problem a real thing. because he's really feeling a way about his his emotions. And yeah. that just translate into male patriarchy in general because as you can see like in the me too movement when terry cruz stepped in and actually oh, tried yeah. to bring me it was like we ain't having that bro like we shit. on some nigga shit we don't do that you just fight and you do what you got to do right but if more men stepped into the me too movement do you know how much right way right. we would have made mm-hmm. just like i feel like if more men stepped into the body positive movement it would be like you know what we do minimize big people to just being not you're not human when you're big yeah you become all of these caricatures you become you become teddy bears for big girls you become other ugly big girls in the tv you become precious you become mm-hmm. they they put you in pictures and make fun of you nobody right. does that right. to other people right yeah it's a lot of good game in that though, but it's it's really just raising the awareness, which is why I really wanted to talk about it because um, I just want people to know that you're really not alone in going through that. At like, all. don't let these people keep telling you all of the negative shit. When you deal with a person that has a list of negative things, whether that whether that's a therapist, counselor, whatever, yes, stop them in the middle and say, "Well, what are the positives?" Yes. Like, that's something that you need to insist upon no matter who you deal with. If you're going to tell me all of the fucked up shit about my health, oh, well, your, your blood pressure is this. Well, what is the positive so I can stay encouraged? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, insist upon hearing something good about yourself. And if you, shit, the way that I am about shit like that, if I if you can't tell me something positive, then I definitely don't need to be coming to you for no type of... A word. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Period. Like, Amen. if you can't tell me nothing good about me, I don't need to be fucking with you because you ain't looking hard enough. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got to be about the people in our lives, too. So, like, man, stick to your journey because, shit, it's going to be one no matter what you do. It's going to be a journey when you lose the weight and try to keep it off. So, man, look, cut that bullshit out. Like, stop judging people on their weight, minim- like marginalizing people. And if you are, keep that same energy with your other friends because the only reason y'all come at white, up at big people the way y'all do is because you deem them unhealthy. But if you gonna come at big people for using food and abusing them and making fun of them, oh, yeah. make fun of your drug addict, make fun of your uh, alcohol abusing ass friends. Yeah, because your friend is just as unhealthy skinny. And a lot of times, them skinny be. ones, them skinny ones, be passing away yes. way before the big one. That, and that's the fact. And that's it, a it's fact. whole ass thousand pound shows. These people be sitting in the bed weighing <laughs> nine hundred pounds, and they ain't dead. But your skinny friend on the court died because yeah. he was too busy smoking mm-hmm. weed and drinking. Yeah, come on now. If we're gonna create the same funny, I and mean, I think it's easier to to make fun of big people and laugh at big people because we dehumanize them. Yeah, black fat people are dehumanized. And especially if you fat and black, that's a double. Like, oh, you'll be all right. right. right you just right. a fat, ugly person. You'll be all right. right. But it's easy to shit on these people because they're not human. 
dehumanized in society. Nobody's going to shit on the alcoholic because, oh, right. they went through some stuff. But what about the fat person that got to eat all their emotions? All their emotions. Real shit. I'm just saying. We done talked about quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to like get like too extremely heavy. I get heavy, so passionate, but, Hey, we got a, another segment. It's called Q-A-N-A. Okay. And I'm going to ask you five questions. And because I know you and I see how, you know, you <laughs> thug it on the timeline, I just asked, I just came up with like five questions that I think that you could possibly answer for me okay. and give me an intelligent answer. So based on this conversation. Intelligent. Right. Very legible. <laughs> so based on this conversation, question number one is if we decided to set the proper health standards that we would need to be a lot more healthier. What happens to the black families Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Man. like what happens to those gatherings? You know what? I'm gonna take the the um, route that you probably won't expect. Nothing is gonna happen because black people don't listen to shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us. I'll listen. You can tell us that we need to eat this and this, this and that. And if we actually do put our foot down, right. somebody grandma will say, "Well, I'm gonna have my chitlins. I don't right. know about what y'all gonna do." But I really do think that if if moving forward, like reality, I think that. It will be a lot difficult. Black people make fun of everything. It'll be a joke. But mm-hmm. we, I think that if they knew that we really needed to change and we really need to change our health, we would. But it'll be like a joke. Like, ain't nobody right. want no damn tofu turkey. Like, mm-hmm. we'll make a joke about it. But I feel like we'll definitely make a change. Right. One of the things that I noticed, which going into question number two, one of the things that I noticed is our elders get to a point where their traditional habits become a detriment to their days going forward yes so in the event that you deal with one of your elders sticking to the the negative eating habit when their life depends on it Mm -hmm. like how do we control those issues because technically if we if we look at it how i believe we're supposed to see it we control what auntie and big mama do yeah. from that point because now they you depend on me to take care of you yeah so like how do we control those moments for our elders yeah who typically hold on to their traditions versus valuing their days going forward man this is a good question because i actually dealt with this and my grandmother died up because of this mm-hmm. but if i can just say based on experience i don't think that there's anything that i could have done um, to to change the way she ate or the mm-hmm. way because she drank a Coca Cola every single day. Yeah, she was a diabetic also. She wasn't supposed to. We telling no grandma you don't need it, but telling telling your grandmammy no. Right, right. You yeah. think she not gonna get a yes from somebody yeah. in the family or beat your ass? Okay, <laughs> and and not have to get out of their seat. So it was. I don't know. That's a, I don't know the answer to that because even when I tried to save my grandmother and tell her like you can't just be eating them cornbread and milk every day and yeah. you lactose intolerant and you diabetic. Oh yeah. You can't yeah. just be eating that and it, it it never registers to her. It never mattered to her. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't even know. I don't know what I would do because. And, and also in the black family, we hold our elders to such a high standard that we don't question anything. Anything that, we do. that they do, 
Right. So right. to challenge them is almost like, okay, well, you can challenge her, but I'm not about to challenge mm-hmm. her. Because for, for me, when my auntie, she lived with my auntie before she died. When we used to say, like, Grandma, you don't need that. Her husband would be like, get her the chicken before she get on my nerves. So it'd be like, okay, one person will go against the grain. But then the next person will be like, I'm not going against that elder. Oh, yeah. So it's never, nobody's ever going to get on one accord to actively all come together okay. and say, we have to go against what you taught us. Because it's going to be held back. Right. <laughs> now, one of the things that um I noticed about dating and possibly possibly it's a gender role issue Mm -hmm. but um the type of date that you go on is determined by how much of an investment you make Mm, on the overall good time like um like usually okay to put it in perspective like if you went on a solid date there's a possibility that you went to go get something to eat you caught a movie and you made it went to a bar to go dance Mm -hmm. now Keep in mind that the restaurant, the movie theater, and the bar all have food there. Mm-hmm. How can you, in your opinion, I know that, which, that's some shit we got to talk about too. Because you could be going on some dates, but you just saying fuck niggas and that bullshit y'all on. I get it. <laughs> but how do you, how do you avoid going on dates that is centered around eating and still uh-huh. ensure a person that they can have a quality good time because I think I think for me if you don't like if you keep a woman out for too long and you don't make sure that she eats then I think that that would be a red flag yeah but yeah. it's just the way that we should like keep our health I, I guess our our health in mind mm. while still trying to get another person to indulging us mm-hmm. like how would we do that because there's not many things to do that you would consider as a date like that's so crazy because i feel like in dating and this is sometimes how i know that a guy really isn't feeling me because i'm gonna disclose to you that my weight is an issue for me and i'm working on that oh. because of my health and what's going on with me okay so if i if you hear what i'm going through and like you hear that it's diabetes you know diabetes can't have high sugars and stuff like that i would think that a guy would like me enough to look into actively searching for a place that I can take her that has like options for her to eat better. Okay. And like to me, that to me makes the difference. Like, well, I'm about to take you real life or wherever niggas yeah, think these books yeah. whatever. Like, I would think that you would be like, I chose this place because I remember you telling me that this is the issue for mm-hmm. you and I want to show you that you can eat this or whatever. That to me would like. I'm like, whoa. Right, so you really, right. you really care about the kid. Okay, okay. I feel like that. that type of shit. And I feel like even like even if a nigga was just like, I'll cook for you or I can show you that oh, I can yeah. make this healthy, but it's still good. And even if you can't cook, find a chef. Some yeah. all these chefs on Instagram coming out. Oh yeah. But like I think that and so if if men still feel like, you know, the status or, or the the significance of a date or something is where I take you. Also make it known that you're hearing me. Right, right, right. That part too. So I don't, I can't say for sure. Because when niggas take me on dates, I just, well, okay, cool. I get a free meal. But at the same time, I know you wasn't listening to me and I know you didn't care. Oh, that's real. That's real. I know you didn't care. But I'm going to tell you where I want to go because I do want a mm-hmm. shawarma. I do want to <laughs> go downtown. I shouldn't have it, but I want to go. Right. And you're going to take me. <laughs> you know, the funny thing was the person that really kind of um, shifted a lot for me when it came to like cooking and prepping things was Danny. Um, really? Yeah. The weekend of your graduation, he stayed here. Oh, and, um, yeah. I know y'all I had ate to, 
I had to like go get him a couple of things because of course he was vegan. Mm-hmm. But just in conversation, how he was telling me how they use coconut oil for everything. Really? Like everything. Like you can literally like get a spoonful of coconut oil and swallow it, and it has so many different health benefits when he was getting ready in the morning he would like come in the kitchen he would get a spoon dip it get a little bit of coconut oil put it on his toothbrush he brushing his teeth with it and i'm like what are you doing and he just like man i use coconut oil for everything and i looked it up and it is so much shit that really it does you know um cooking with it instead of using like so like, he brushes teeth with just coconut oil. Coconut oil. Yep. I mean, like I, I did um, read up on like oil pulling and different things. Yeah, like I heard that, about that. Where you use that, and um, some people will oil pull and brush with the coconut oil for fifteen, however many minutes, just to wow. get the penetration in your mouth. But then, if you just want that mint comfort, because some people don't really feel like you brush your teeth for real, because yeah. you don't taste the. The, the mint stuff to make your mouth. So taste. you might just like swish some mouthwash behind it, mm-hmm. but it's a, a a lot of benefits. It's a teeth whitener. It's an oil puller if you have any kind of mouth diseases. It's so many different things that you would be surprised that it does. Shout out so, to my big brother. I'm just like, damn, you know. And that was the first time I actually had anything vegan. Period. Mm-hmm. That I prepared. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I'm. I'm because st- I, I always avoid when he had the vegan shop. Like, yeah, because in my mind, like I prepare his food separate and yeah. then I made me a Dion shit. But then we had like a lot of the vegan crumble and stuff left. Yeah. And so she made breakfast with the remainder of wow. it. Wow. And that shit slapped. Did it? Yeah. So I'm like, damn, this shit good. <laughs> and it's just a matter of learning new ways. And then it takes a lot of the, um, because when you do kind of convert to vegan you do indulge in a lot more carb mm-hmm. and starch yeah that's but that's, that's i mean of course there's a lot of different alternatives i didn't even know that it was a vegan section at the grocery stores until the nike came because it somehow some way it just popped right in my view the next time i went over to the uh, dairy section Cause now I don't really drink like cow's milk or nothing no more. Me neither. I stopped that. I cut that shit out. When I heard about that pus shit, I was like, yeah. oh, oh, I like, I like almond milk. It's not nasty it at all. Nasty. I promise you. Yeah. So I cut that shit out quick, and just so happened the vegan section was directly next to it. It's so much stuff. It's like vegan chicken strips and all type of shit. And I pick a couple of things up periodically to try it, and it is not bad. It's just the consistency of. I think it's like soy. It might be like tofu instead of the actual meat. The consistency is the only issue, but it tastes exactly <laughs> like. Does it? Yes. And we went to. Shout uh, to Danny. We went to Detroit Vegan Soul. Same shit. I, I got to go there. I heard it was bomb. It was slapping. Like I had like the vegan uh, pepper steak. That shit tastes like pepper steak. Yes. So it's so much to learn in, you know, veganism. I wouldn't say, like, just go full throttle and just say, look, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like, gradually introduce yourself to different lifestyle changes and then make the adjustments appropriately. But, yeah, he definitely was a person that helped me to see a healthier side of the issues with meat, you know, because that a lot of times turns a lot of people into having cancers and things of that Mm. nature, too. So And um, I know that, but it's... It's hard. It's hard because, like, the black family in the hood is just like yes, and I I can't I can't deny that the hood <laughs> is a big influence in my yeah. life. 
<laughs> so I don't know what question. I think we left off on three. So the Not fourth three. question, the fourth question is, okay, when <laughs> we party, right? Uh-oh. Okay, wait. Now, this is a, <laughs> this is a two-part question. Here we go. We party. So this is four and five? This, this, this could be four and five. Okay. Ooh. We party. We in the basement. They don't went and got Captain J's. They yes. got the wings on yes. deck. They got the sauces, the yes. fries. It's lit. Extra lemon pepper. E- extra lemon pepper. Period. All this shit is in the basement. Yep. Amen. And it's a table full of liquor. Yeah. Yeah. Table full of Just liquor. Just like my birthday. I mean, my graduation. <laughs> yeah. Two days, my nigga. That is exactly how it was. So, like, here we are. We drinking, 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 drinking. Yes. And we eating all of this unhealthy. Absolutely. <laughs> How do we celebrate healthy? How? Like first of all, the liquor is not going anywhere. <laughs> so we can actually with the Kenya, we can 86, 86 the liquor. The liquor stays. We can opt to have, you know, vegetables if you like. You know, like how does it look to have like all of that fantasy Tito? Like you have so much, and yes. then you have like a veggie tray. <laughs> <laughs> and see, even it's about aesthetic too. Like it's it is. It's, it's and I'm trying to think of a hood party where they would be vegan, and I just my spirit. Maybe some chips at best. At best, maybe like chips and salsa or some shit. And, yeah. and and it's still that when niggas gonna be like, hey, let's go get a pizza from somewhere. Like, oh, real shit. It's not gonna like so. I don't want to stay in the mind mindset of like being hood or whatever but honestly like the only way I could see that is if I was with another type of setting of people People, cause yeah. I can't see me bringing the idea that we need to have a vegan party with all of that alcohol and niggas was like man I gotta eat Connie so I can get subset the alcoholic right, like, right. and that's how we like literally like I remember my first time going to one of my cousin's parties and I wasn't allowed to go when I was younger cause I didn't know how much nigga shit that was doing right right and I went and I got drunk as fuck. The first thing they said was, go get some chili cheese fries for her. Nobody said, tell her to drink water. Nobody said that. They just like, go get her some coney. She'll be all right. Mm-hmm. That's the type of mentality we dealing with. Yeah. So when you ask me that, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Because that's how, that's how that's we how operate. We, yeah, that's how we operate. I think, and the reason why I'm asking these questions is because it's like, Certain circumstances are going to just be what they are, yes. but you have to be empowered and encouraged you, to yeah. stay your course. Like, even if you got to, like, Dion is the queen of carrying a big-ass purse with, like, various little snacks in them that are conducive to sticking to what she stick to. I can't do that. Like, I'll be the dude, go right to Dollar General. I'm getting a little concession stand candy for yes. a dollar. I'm doing my usual one-two. I got a ten dollar bill yes. i'm at least spending seven of this bitch yes you know what i'm saying but like she has it so ingrained to where she have like the little protein bars she has the waters wow she has the, i'm like, learning that too it's I'm so learning. much stuff that she does and it's really a lifestyle mm. you know and i i really admire like how not even me because i know i can be overwhelming mm-hmm. with my personality when it comes to our relationship, but even that doesn't shift her to do too much of what she knows she can't do. Wow. You know, she sticks to it. Like, hey, Dion's so dope. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to Bay, but mm-hmm. she keep, I mean, she stick to her shit. Like, she do not 
She'll tell you in a minute. I don't. Mm-mm, don't bring me no pop. I love people like that. Don't just bring me no pop. Stand in your. Just stand in your lane. Yes. You know what I'm saying. And I see the progress that it makes for even me because, like, in the morning, sometimes she like does little things, whip me up a smoothie mm-hmm. instead of like cooking a for real breakfast. Like that shit still gets you where you need to go, it and does. it's healthy. You know what I'm saying. So. We just got to stick to our thing. Like, I know we going to be in them, you know, them trying times. Like, damn. That... Listen, because that's what this week was for me. Yeah. And we got to just, we got to unlearn all of this stuff that we do every day. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I know the first time I kind of like was awakened to how much the hood, as much as I love the hood. And I love being on North Line and Schoolcraft. <laughs> I do. But when I first realized, like, you are literally like in this matrix like yeah you have been taught to be a certain way and this is not you yeah and you know the sad thing about our reality from coming from a detroit hood is that the healthiest shit is 20 30 miles away and niggas get like okay my cousin was telling me how like they had just they put a fresh time in the air it's not even in the hood it's like somewhere up the street niggas already like hell no like no we not uh -uh. y'all bringing that weird ass shit y'all gentrifying and it's like you you can't it's no way it's no way it's no way like i know for a fact that i went into one a couple of weeks ago a fresh time yes me too that shit was so weird it is weird It's weird as fuck. But the reason why it's weird is because it's cut dry yes. to what your issues are. Period. Period. You're not going to get away from None. owning your shit. It's, and even I looked at the meat. When you go to a hood grocery store, that shit don't look like it ain't no love in the packaging. <laughs> the neck bones is right next to the pig feet. My nigga, I went to the first time. I said, why does the, the turkey look so good? Right, like, right. What is going yeah. on? There's no smells no coming smells from to it. it. No, it's just very clean cut, dry. This chicken, this turkey was clean four times. It's certain oh, yeah. color. I said this is a whole different world. Yeah, and they tell you like um, there's an extreme difference to the um, type of meat that you consume. It should be grass fed. Yes, and it, all the, all of it was that. Yeah, everything at first time. Because when it's grass fed, the shelf life is completely different. So yes. you only have a certain amount of window. To eat it, whereas what we get from our mom and pops has the preservative in yep. it, and this is what's you know and turning our health upside down. Yeah, so it's just like weird. And the funny thing was, um, we were at a we were at a party, and um, I didn't realize this until like the very the very end of it. But like at the party, I want to say that like there was like different pans, and the pans were labeled. Like, uh, the one pan is just said like chicken wings and it had like a abbreviation for where the wings came from. And then it was another pan that was just like halal meat or something, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be, I don't know what ethnic background that comes from, but it doesn't have anything in it. Like anything, no preservatives, no injections, none of that. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be just straight up meat. And for some reason... I looked at the label as being an identification of where it came from versus the type of meat that I'm actually eating. So mm-hmm. I had one of the wings out of each pan, and the the wing from the halal meat tasted way better. Did it? Way I'm sure better. It did. And so I just so happened to ask. I'm like, "Well, what's up with this meat here?" And the, um, the guy was like, "Oh no, this is from um, an Indian grocery store. They don't they don't do the hormones." 
and wow. shit like that. And so, literally, if you cook this today, it would have to be consumed within a certain amount of days before it is deemed, you know, wow. trash. They will sell you, sell it that yeah. to us. But see, in the hood, they'll say, oh, the shelf life say that this shit expired tomorrow. Oh, put that shit in half off. Yeah, and then put it in the freezer and then side put it in so the it freezer, ain't too bad. So it ain't too I bad. I just bought some turkey next week. <laughs> I went to save a lot up the street with that bitch bang. I made some cabbage too, babe. I'm not gonna hold you up. When you saw, I was like, yeah, I gotta eat some cabbage when I get home. Real shit. So we have we have so many detrimental habits that you know we gotta kind of correct. But I, I mean, leave it up to me and TK to you know raise some awareness on some black you know shit. What it you is. Know? <laughs> but I really enjoyed the conversation. We me definitely too. got to some deep, you know, deep layers of. Black families, shit. Black dating, shit. Humanizing fat people. Exactly. Or so, keep that same energy with your alcoholic and drug addicted Yeah, absolutely. Because that shit is just as detrimental. If as not it, worse. If not worse. So if you have any questions, comments, whatever, make sure you hit me up on social media at BJ. Hit the show at The Subject Change on Instagram and give them your social media, my baby. You can find me on Twitter most of the time at underscore Takenya. That's T-A-K-E-N-Y-A-H. On YouTube, it's just my first name, T-A-K-E-N-Y-A-H. On Instagram, it's the same. My Facebook is personal, but I do have another like open Facebook, but I really post. When I do post, it's like YouTube video links. So, yeah, find me on those places and drop a message. Definitely. She has a lot of content that's addressing a lot of black issues so if I you love are us for real if you are black and going through some shit she can get your hair right so definitely subscribe to the youtube channel it Thank is doing you. some amazing things i can say Thank so myself you. and this has been the episode of change the subject that i think is going to do its number hey. so make sure you uh let me know how you felt about the episode give me all your feedback and i will see you guys again in two weeks peace peace